Let's all take a songbook and turn to number 732. 732. No PowerPoint today. Hundred sixty one, seven six one. After this song, we'll have a prayer and scripture reading. Sweet are the promises, kind is the word. Dearer far than any message man ever heard. Your was the mind of Christ, sinless I see. Be the great example is and pattern for me. When it leads out follow, follow all the way. When it leads out follow, follow Jesus every day. Sweet is the tender love Jesus has shown, sweeter far than any love that mortals have known. Kind to the erring one, faithful is he. He the great example is and pattern for me. When he leads out follow, follow all the way. When he leads out follow, follow Jesus every day. Bless to his loving words, come unto me. Weary every laden, there is sweet rest for thee. Trust in his promises, faithful and sure. Lean upon the Savior, and thy soul is secure. Where he 
Well, I didn't know I had reading and prayer, so I don't have anything to read. So, so we'll have a prayer. Father, we thank you for this, this beautiful day you've given us and for the time that we've been able to uh, come here together this morning and, and serve you and worship you and surround the table. And, and Father, just remember what a uh, great and loving Savior that we have and and Father, to uh, be able to have fellowship together and enjoy a good meal, and we're so thankful for that, Father. And and we pray for those who would uh, long to be able to be with us to do that, to have a morning like that, and they can't because of their health. And and Father, just reminds us of how how blessed we truly are, and and we just shouldn't take things for granted. Father, we pray for those uh, who are sick and those who were mentioned here this morning and those who are in our bulletin and and father those of friends of ours that others may not be aware of we just we just pray for each one that, that needs your help and and father for those uh that's getting good news we're thankful for jim haney for his reports and we pray you'll continue to bless him and and glad that uh, debbie townsend's back home and and uh, and Father, we pray for those who are taking uh, cancer treatments and uh, just everything that's going on. We just ask your rich blessing on those. Father, we uh, pray that you'll be with the Chris as he brings us a lesson uh, this afternoon. And help us, Father, to be attentive and, and, and use the things that, uh, that he speaks to us. And help us to be doers of your word and not just hearers. We thank you for all that we have. We thank you especially for Jesus, and in his name we pray, amen. If you would please turn and mark in your books number 772. We'll sing this at the conclusion of Chris's sermon, 772. After you've marked that, turn with me to 234. 234. If you can, please, let's stand as we sing. I'm pressing on the upward way.
Good evening. Hope each one of you got enough to eat. I certainly did. Uh, tonight we are, or this evening, we're talking about joy. Uh, we started a series a couple weeks ago. Where we're, talk, we're calling it Inside Out. And we're looking at some of the attitudes that we as Christians ought to have. And so uh, as I was reading through the fruits of the Spirit uh, this week, I was struck by, by joy. And of course, you know the fruits of the Spirit, right? It's Galatians 5. Verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I think often, as we read through Scripture, you'll find joy all over the place, interweaved in every story. Um, and at least I have taken it as a side note. I've taken it as some sort of happiness, I suppose, as a... As a as a marker of, of happiness, I guess. Um, they were happy. The text says that they have joy. So I, I just kind of thought, well, they were happy that this particular thing has happened or that this event is, is going to happen. And so they, they have joy. They, they have happiness. And I don't, that's not, that's not biblical joy, is it? Um, I guess let's start with Psalm 122. Psalm 122 is maybe our best place to start. Like I said, joy is interwoven throughout all of the Bible. And you'll find it just put into stories almost randomly um, as like this, this marker. But I wonder if it's because we haven't paid enough attention to it. Um, we, we've gotten the truth aspect of Scripture, right? We've... The church has been restored. We find it in Scripture. We worship. We are saved. The church is organized um, as the First Trinity Church was. And so the, the truth aspect has been restored. I, I'm, I'm worried that the joy aspect might not have been yet. And, of course, it's up to each generation to restore both aspects, the truth aspect as well as the attitude aspect. Because just one generation not paying attention can allow that to f 
fall through the cracks, both the truth and the attitude aspects of, of worshiping and being um, the church that pleases God that we find in Scripture. And so I don't have to be worried so much about the truth um, aspect because I think we have restored that, but I, I'm a little concerned about the attitude aspect, at least from, from my perspective. Um, something that I struggle with, this attitude of joy. Uh, when I read through Scripture, I see them, I see God saying that His people ought to have this incredible, inexpressible, unsurmountable joy. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but I don't always see that in my own life. And it's something I want, I want to change. And so I wanted to think through joy today. And I think Psalm 122 might be the first place we need to start. David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That word glad can be translated as joy. He was, he was joyous when they said, let's go worship the Lord. And you see that pointed out to us throughout Scripture. Uh, look back in Psalm chapter 8. You see it again expressed in song. Psalm, uh, excuse me, Psalm 8 verses 1 and 2. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. How, how majestic is your name. Um, you set your glory. right? There, there's all this joy because of that promise. right? Skip forward to Psalm 81. You see it again. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. All this joy, they're, they're experiencing it in song. Right? You skip forward to the New Testament. In the book of Luke, you'll find it again. As uh, Jesus is being, uh, as he's ascending, in Luke chapter 24, verse 52 you find the disciples doing something. Let's get back up to verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This is something that they were once afraid of, right? If you flip back to John chapter 14, you'll find Jesus trying to still their hearts because they are troubled. Now they've gotten a bigger picture they understand a little bit more now than they did back then. And now they can have great joy. So this is expressed often in worship. It's often expressed in song. And so when we sing, we have a great opportunity to express joy, right? Um, the thoughts that ought to be running through our mind about the, 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 the thoughts of the song and the verses that tie in with these truths. These things ought to be filling our mind and our hearts ought to be overwhelmed with joy, right? That's, this is a place where we can see this joy that he's talking about. Flip back over to Luke chapter 4, or not Luke, um, John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to spend some time right here for just a little little while. John chapter 15. 
Start in verse 1. Jesus has this great analogy in verse 1. John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And so he, he's saying, I, I'm the uh, origination, I, I'm the originator, and everyone that's connected to me flourishes. If you're not connected to me, then you don't flourish, and God takes takes it away. Verse 3 says, Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the true vine. You are the, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Go back through and in your text, underline every time he writes, he says, abides here. He says it multiple times. And so there's, there's this aspect that you need to live, dwell with him. You need to be connected to him. But skip down to verse 11. In John chapter 15, verse 11. He says, these things I have spoken to you. What things is he talking about? Well, living with him. Dwelling with Him. It's not just a part-time thing, right? Like we talked about this morning, it's a consistent thing. We are constantly in His presence. We are constantly building up this type of character. This is who we are. We've put away the old man, the old flesh, the old ways. We've put that away. We're not that person anymore. Once we were baptized, we were a brand new creation. And so He says, you live in me. And I live in you. Right? That's what he's talking about. And so these things I've spoken to you, this idea of, of us living together, of, of you becoming, transforming more and more into me, of you bearing fruit, of you doing things that I want you to do, of you submitting to me. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Isn't that interesting? So... We can understand that joy is not, it's not happiness, right? Because happiness is an emotion. Happiness is something I can't really control. You can, you can give me $10 and I'll be happy, but if you uh, say uh, your shoe's untied, I might be sad, you know? Joy or happiness is something that, that doesn't, I can't really control it, and it's, it's kind of built by circumstances. But joy is different. Joy is something outside of me. It's... <coughs> Excuse me, comes from my relationship with Jesus. It comes from me abiding in Him. It comes from me bearing fruit for Him. The more obedient, the more I abide, and the more I live and dwell with Him, the more joyous I will be. Check out what happens in Acts chapter 13. Acts 13, verses 48 through 52. Acts 13, 48, he says, Now when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the, the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was, a, was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet and against them... Uh, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. 
here's, here's, the, here's the key point, right? The disciples have experienced something that would make us unhappy, right? They're, they're not happy. They are hurt. They're scared. Um, they're frustrated, right? But what's the emotion that the Holy Spirit gives them here in verse 52? And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit, right? He is saying that joy is something that's outside of you. It's contingent not upon your circumstances and not upon your emotions, but contingent upon whether you're inside of Christ or not, whether you live with Christ or not. Now, can you be inside of Christ and not live with Him? Yeah, you can, right? And there are example after example after example of folks who, in Scripture, are baptized but are not the real deal. They don't really live with they don't they don't dwell with him, right? And, and we're familiar with that. We would call those lukewarm Christians, right? It's the church in Laodicea. It's it's lots of examples throughout Scripture, and it's lots of examples in our own lives as we have been those people, or we know those people that are inside of Christ, but they don't look like them. They don't they haven't transformed, and they don't have the joy that he has from dwelling in Christ. It's missing. Um, So here he says, it it doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances because here's a whole bunch of people who have been hurt, who are being persecuted, and they still have joy. They are frustrated, but they still have joy. And so it's something that's outside of us, and it is, we find out from, from John 15, Contingent upon our relationship with Jesus, whether we dwell with him or not. Let me give you a few more examples. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're skipping around a lot uh, this evening, but I just want you to see this. I think this is something we don't see often. I want you to see how prevalent it is in Scripture, this joy. Maybe we can, we can tie up some of the loose ends um, as we think about joy. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 10, back up to, um, well, kind of Paul's in kind of the middle of, a, of an argument here, but uh, back up to verse 9, I guess. Uh, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, right? He's talking about some of the things that we undergo as his people, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing yet possessing everything why can you have joy because you've already got everything you need that's what he says here you've you've already got it all you you may not have all the money you want you may not have all the possessions you want but you've already got everything all the possessions that you you need you already have you're already possessing the things that are important if you're inside of christ you already possess all the things that are important, and everything else is immaterial. So even when we experience sorrow, we can have joy. First Peter chapter 1. Flip over there real quick. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6.
Peter says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. And so when bad things happen to you, when Satan throws obstacles in your path, you can have joy because it's not contingent upon your circumstances. It's contingent upon your relationship with Jesus. And what do trials often drive us to do? Deeper and deeper into him. They drive us to trust him more, right? Hebrews chapter 10 is another instance we need to pay attention to. Hebrews chapter 10, this is something that's going on in the church in the first century that we have not had to deal with as of yet, but the persecution that they're dealing with can't take away their joy. Listen to what he says here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. He says, this stuff, it's going to be burned up, or it's going to be eaten by moths, or it's going to be stolen anyhow. It doesn't really matter. You've put all of your trust in him who has given you an eternal possession. And so when people steal your things here, because you're a Christian, you can joyfully accept this. They're happy about it. There's, there's joy there, even in the midst of persecution. It's interesting, right? So much. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he shores up the point a little bit better for us. This joy that he wants us to have is only found inside of Christ. You can't find it anywhere else. It's not, it's not going to come from the world. It's not going to come from possessions. It's not going to come from a relationship. It only comes from Christ. It only comes from being inside of Christ and, and bearing fruit in Him. In Philippians 4, 4, he says, Rejoice where? In the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. This, this joy that He wants us to have only comes through a right relationship with Him. Throughout Scripture, you'll find joy connected with peace. You'll find it connected with, with hope, with thanksgiving. All these attitudes that he wants us to have, they're all wrapped up together. But you, you'll find joy in the midst of all these things because it is one of the things that cannot be taken away from us. It is an intrinsic gift from being inside of Christ. It's an intrinsic attitude that once we're inside of him, joy is the result. It's not an emotion. It's a, it's a gift from God. He is the originator of this joy. Flip back to Psalm 42. We're skipping around a lot. Sorry about that, but... As you read through scripture from now on, focus on some of these attitudes that we don't always, we don't always focus on the attitudes, at least I don't. Um, I focus on what the people are doing, not so much on what they're thinking. And I'm trying to focus more on both. What they're doing is important, but how they're, what their attitude is, is just as important, right? 
um, because we can live this life and do all the right things, but not be happy about it, to not have joy. And have we been pleasing to him at that point? If, if we're just serving out of guilt or whatever other emotion might be forcing us to serve, is he pleased with that? I think we need to serve with joy. Listen to Psalm 42, verse 4. Psalm 42, verse 4, he says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in possession and procession to the house of God with loud shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. He's tore down. He's depressed. He's, he's out of sorts in, in Psalm 42. Remember, his soul is panting for God like a deer pants after flowing waters. He's, he's not in a good spot, but when he looks back on those times when he was able to lead the procession, the people, the procession into uh, praise of God, his heart exalts. He, he's got this joy because it's not tied to his condition. It's not tied to his circumstances. It's tied to his relationship with Christ, his relationship with God. And so if my relationship with God is where it's supposed to be, I'm going to have joy. And if it's not, I'm going to struggle. So that's something that maybe we can think through as we look at uh, our lives and as we look at Scripture. Just note how many times he talks about joy, how he talks about it. And allow that to indict us a little bit. Sometimes we need to be pushed, right? Often we would be happy to just continue on doing the status quo, but he won't allow that. He wants us constantly growing. And I think this is one area where at least I can grow is in this attitude of joy. I think our, our culture, like in the church, our church culture and our church history has focused on the, the, the truth. And we've got it, right? There's no doubt in my mind this is truth and how we worship and how we're saved and uh, how we're organized and all of those, that's truth. And, and I think we've got it, but I wonder if sometimes we've missed the attitude and we're missing out on joy. Because he's promised us inexpressible joy. He's promised us abundant joy, right? That's what scripture says. How often do we feel it? And why don't we feel it? Could it be that we're not abiding in him like we should be? Could it be that we're not bearing fruit like we should be? Could it be that we haven't put into play the spiritual disciplines like we should? Could it be just that this is something that we need to focus on and work on? Just this idea of expressing and living in joy. Attitudes are difficult because they're not always things you can put your hands on, right? I can make myself do an activity. I can make myself serve. It's awfully hard to make myself feel joy. It's awfully hard to live like that. But an attitude is something that can change. And the fruits of the Spirit, if I'm understanding what he's saying there, right, are personality traits. They're things that can and should be changed. You may be a bitter person. You may be um, 
someone that, that struggles with just being happy, with being content. Those are things that can and should change. Um, maybe we struggle with, with seeing the bright side, seeing the silver lining in things. Joy is something that we can work on. It's something that we should pay attention to. It's something that we can grow in. And so that's, that's my challenge for us this week is to look for joy in Scripture and to allow Him to grow us in this aspect, grow this attitude in us. Uh, this evening, maybe you are struggling with joy or with something else that we can help you with. Uh, if you have a spiritual need, we would love to pray with you and for you to hold each other up. That's what the church is designed for. We're designed to encourage each other, to, to hold each other accountable, to push each other to growth. And so if that's your need tonight, we would love to stand there for you and pray with you uh, that you can be everything that God would have you to be. Maybe you need to be baptized into Christ to have your sins washed away so that you can dwell with Him, so you can bear fruit, so you can have this type of joy that we're talking about this evening. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Why do you wait, dear brother? Oh, why do you tarry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a place in his sanctified throne. afternoon church family a couple of announcements really quick um, as a reminder that, that there will be no Wingate this afternoon um, also remember that uh, this Tuesday for the youth uh, mystery trip and Devo uh, wear athletic clothing and bring ten dollars the bus will be leaving at three o'clock here at the building also this Wednesday is um, stepping stone supper uh, spaghetti is on the menu and that is at 5 30. Um, remember on our prayer list, remember to continue to keep John Klein in your prayers as uh, he has a heart valve replacement and more tests on August 14th. 
keep Jimmy Wilgus, Sean Maynard, Jim Haney, and Amber Spitzer in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatment. Uh, keep Debbie Townsend in your prayers as well. She's at home recovering. And also keep Gail Hewitt in your prayers as well. She is uh, at St. Mary's. And also um, keep Terry Baker's mom in your prayers, Emma, in your prayers at this time as well. And Merrill, continue to keep um, Joe and Sandy's granddaughter in your prayers, Merritt, um, as well. That's all the announcements I have. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now. We will sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. closing song will be number 755 755 we'll sing the first and the last verse and then have our closing prayer when the trumpet of the lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saint of us shall gather over on the other shore and the rollers caught up yonder i'll be there when the Father, we are so thankful for the events of today, for the opportunity we've had to assemble, to worship, to remember your son and his sacrifice, to fellowship with each other, Father, through a meal and, and this time that we've had together this afternoon. We're just thankful, Father, for the freedom that we have to do this, to uh, come and to worship in, in peace. Thankful, Father, for all that you give us, all that you do for us, um, most of all for your son and for all that we have through him and in him and the hope we have of heaven because of him. Just guide us, Father, as we go out uh, this week. Uh, help us to be the example that we need to be. Help us to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to, to talk to those, to show uh, those around us about you and your love. Watch over all those, Father, that we're concerned about. There are many who have been mentioned, many who have not. They all need different things, and they all struggle with different issues, Father, but we, we pray that you uh, guide and bless them as only you can, that you help us to be an encouragement. Uh, where we can. Uh, just help us to do better each day. Help us to always uh, strive uh, to be better, to overcome our weaknesses. 
and to be more like your son in all that we do. Forgive us when we fall short. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.